Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lunch Table Podcast with your host Jothan over here. And Keith over here. How's it going, man? It's going good. It's good Tuesday. How are you doing, sir? No, I can't complain. Um, a lot of cool stuff happened. So in terms of watching football, you know, basketball schedule came out. The whole Antonio Brown thing is going on. Craziness. Although I will say, like, one of the coolest things this last week was just being able to sit down and just watch some football. Oh, man, I loved it. I don't know what it is, but there's like this kind of feeling I got when you just like you're looking at the Giants in the huddle and you're you're like, I'm really watching football again. I got like seven minutes of excitement because my Bengals actually scored first against Kansas City. It was a great, great leading off drive. And that was it. And then, uh, well, the final score of that game was uh, it was actually an astounding 38 to 17 with a touchdown in the last like 30 seconds. So it might as well be 38 to 10. So that's kind of an overview of how that was. Happens sometimes. Happens all the time lately. But it's preseason, so there's no worries, no stress. Nope. Don't matter. Nope. I mean, you're not hustling for a job. Nope. So it doesn't matter for you. It's just more opportunity to watch some more football. Exactly. Um, but we got a crazy show today. We got a lot to talk about. We are going to go in. We're going to talk about Antonio Brown, his whole helmet saga. We're going to talk NFL preseason, of course. Yep. Uh, a little bit of talk about a little bit of hard knock, kind of what we saw. Love the show. Just a huge fan. So huge. it's a. I always think it's cool when you get to look inside of a, kind of what's actually going on because you don't see half of that stuff. So that's going to be fun. And then we're going to talk about the NBA schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of interesting games um, and, you know, a long-awaited games for Raptors fans. Yes. So we'll dive into that. But let's get into the show, Kiefer. So Antonio Brown and his helmet saga. Um, I'm going to outline it for you. Okay. So what had happened was the NFL had come out. They ran a study in April and identified 11 um, helmet models that are no longer suitable for the NFL throughout the 2019 season. Now, Antonio Brown's helmet is not on that list. Just to be clear, it is not on that list. People whose helmet was on that list was guys like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, probably the most notable guys on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, there are 32 players in all. Antonio Brown is not on that list of guys whose helmet is no longer um, usable, essentially. But what is on that list is Antonio Brown, you need to get your helmet certified every year. And... The Shut Air Advantage helmet, which is the one Antonio use, uses, is more than 10 years old. It need, it cannot be recertified anymore. It's no longer eligible to be recertified. But the issue is, is that they don't make that helmet anymore. So he couldn't even get a new one if he wanted to. Now Antonio Brown essentially goes and says, well, I want to wear my old helmet. But the issue is it can't get recertified. Mm-hmm. So... It's a non-certifiable helmet for player safety. Now Antonio Brown is threatening to say, I'll quit or I'll retire football because he doesn't need football. Kiefer, like, just give me your initial reaction on that. So I think it's, it's, it's important to outline you know, why this is even an issue in the first place, you know, why it's Antonio Brown's name that is even getting this kind of relevancy. And you know, the reason, first and foremost, is he's uh, widely regarded as one of the best, if not the best, receiver in the league. You won't hear me say that as a Cincinnati Bengals fan, but... To be objective in this, uh, you'll this say Julio. Here. You'll say Julio. Of course, I love Julio. <laughs> but to be objective, this analysis here, it is why they were now. He won runs some of the crispest routes. Uh, he's amassed over a thousand yards in the past almost what seven seasons now in a row. Uh, and just last season, he was ranked the sixth uh, highest player 
on the NFL Top 100, the actually highest receiver of the NFL, of all the receivers. So higher than Julio, higher than DeAndre Hopkins, higher than Odell, everybody. So that's kind of why this story has attraction it has, because in essence, he's the best player, yet he's causing all this trouble. And, you know, the reason this this is such a story and this is blown up is just how, how he's just handled himself has just been so fascinating to watch. You know, there, there was a quote... Um, Ryan Clark, he was a former uh, safety on the Steelers, and he came out quoted as saying, this was, I want to say, pre, he's been in the league for for nine years approximately, correct, right? So this got to be about 2013, 2012, before he got his first big contract. Ryan Clark came out and told the Steelers, do not pay this guy, because the minute you pay him, he's going to become a different person. Yep, he'll be a problem. Exactly. And Ryan Clark, as he stands today, is on ESPN, continues to maintain that stance, and as evident, he has been correct. And it's, it's just, it's so frustrating to watch a player of his talent, his incredible potential that he still has that is yet to harness, just, just causes this hissy fit, if you will, over such, you know, an important issue for the NFL as a whole. You know, you, you cannot disregard the fact that the NFL has been scrutinized time and time again about the health, the health and safety issues. You know, if any of you out there have seen the movie Concussion with Will Smith as the uh, premier actor in that movie, that opens your eyes a lot. You know, CTE... As much as uh, I may joke about it sometimes, uh, it is a very serious issue. It's not a joke. It's not. It's a very serious issue, and it affects people sometimes within 10 years of them stop playing, sometimes within 40 years. But, it, 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 you know, what is it, the stats? Over like 90% it affects everybody in some capacity? Or something like that. And I think 30% of people, NFLers, will will develop it. Exactly. Something like that. Yeah. So it's by no means anything you can just brush off. And for him to make this much of a, uh, you know, a kerfusis, if you will, over such a, a safety matter, is it's ridiculous ridiculous a player of his caliber you'd want to hold to the highest standard possible and yet it seems like time after time he just continues to get away with this i think there's always entitlement that comes when you're one of the best people to do it Mm -hmm. now you're right antonio brown six i think seven of the last eight years has had thousand yard seasons Mm -hmm. which is phenomenal last year alone this guy went for what was it, 1,200 yards? 1,200 yards. And he didn't play in the last game of the season. Nope. Because the most important game of ex- that, too. Like, a playoff-clinching game, he didn't play it. This is starting to pile up as just more and more and more stuff as to why, you know, you shouldn't pay Antonio Brown. Why, as good as he is and his production is, and you can't take that away from him, like, his production is phenomenal. But oh, yeah. it's... What are what does it really cost you? And it's more than money. Mm-hmm. And it's I almost I wouldn't say it's necessarily exact exact same, but it's kind of similar to the Colin Kaepernick situation where there's always something more. It's not that Colin Kaepernick's not a good player. It's that you have to add on something else. Mm-hmm. It's the attitude. It's the for Antonio Brown. It's his he's a diva. Oh, let's yeah. let's call it what it is. He's a diva. And he's been acting this way for a while now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been making poor decisions. You know, he's been calling out Ben Roethlisberger, you know, uh, making a fool of himself. Called different- out Juju. Juju. He he put a, what did he, he posted a conversation that him and Juju had where Juju Smith-Schuster DM'd him while he was still in college and, you know, asking for advice and kind of being like, you're not man enough, essentially. You're not ready. <sighs> It's embarrassing. It, it's getting to be just, you know, a wealth of, you know, the Facebook Live with Antonio Brown. Um, it's just, it's so much all the time where, you know, you just want him to just keep his mouth shut. Just play football to an extent. 
and I don't want to say I don't want to silence people's opinions, but you know this is a health and safety issue mm-hmm. that the NFL has taken a lot of scrutiny over the course of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a ton of lawsuits going on over CTE with former players saying the NFL wasn't transparent. They knew about the data, and yet they didn't come forward. You know, making players aware, and all of that, and you know, they've taken a lot. Of, the NFL has taken a lot of steps to you know to make the game safer. Uh, they they take out padded practices, a lot of padded practices in training camp. They you're not allowed to do two a days, um, you're not allowed to, all kinds of stuff where, you know, the the way practice is handled. There's no hitting in practice. There's no there's none of this. Like if you need medical attention, you get it. If you say hey my head hurts after a game, like concussion protocol is immediately taken in. They went. After um, Julian Edelman, remember in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. when the guy he almost looked like he looked like he was glazed over, and he was still playing. They made a new rule where if the ref deems you know what you need to go get looked at, you have to come out of the game. Mm-hmm. The NFL is taking health seriously; they are actually taking player safety seriously. And you know when you do something like this as a guy who is the premier wide receiver in the league. A guy who's making $30 million guaranteed over his contract. You know, what message are you sending? What message are you sending to kids? What mm-hmm. message are you sending back to the NFL saying, the NFL saying, you know what, what we're doing is we're trying to take health seriously. And your helmet is, it's just not going to work. You know, you need the certification. It'll, it, where we set a guideline and parameters to make sure you're safe. And you're saying, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I just want to do what I want to do. And the NFL is just not going to be about that. No. He saw an arbitrator. The arbitrator said, you got to wear the helmet. Mm-hmm. Either you change your helmet or you retire. And it, it's his move now. He, he well, uh, Actually, to follow up on that as well, he has come out and uh, he has complied as of today and said he will be returning to Raiders practice uh, as of today. In fact, that is uh, Tuesday, today, the 13th. August 13th of uh, 2019. He has said he will come back. Um we actually, uh, you know, speaking of which, we have a clip that we'd like to show that uh, really kind of just showcases the kind of character that Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown has and just how he represents himself. There's going to be general managers that want to know that that's not going to happen. Bro, it could, bro, listen, I don't even have to play football what I don't want, bro. I don't even need the game. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to prove nothing to anyone. If, I, if they want to play, they're going to play by my rules. If not, I don't need to play. You want the game now? No, I don't. I, I, I mean, okay? I, I obviously, I want the game, but I don't need the game. It's a different. You know. What I'm and see, the thing about that clip specifically, and you know, overall, if you listen to the clip independently, you know, it sounds about a player who, who's empowered. You know, he's put himself financially in a great position, and that's great. That's great. You know, in football, it's a very dangerous sport. There is no, you know, uh, misguidance around that. And if you put yourself in a good enough position where you've played enough years that you have your soul, you're financially stable, you've paid off all your debts, your, your family as a whole is stable, then good for you. Take a step out, you know, go live your life as you wish, you know, save yourself if you can, and, and and all the power to you. I just think the one line that really sticks out to me in that, you know, specific, you know, 10 second clip that we have right there is the fact that he says, you know, they're going to play by my rules, you know, and I feel like a lot of that is stemming off the, uh, the players watching the NBA and seeing guys like oh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, for sure. LeBron James, you know, uh, Kyrie, Ke- Kevin Durant, for example, all these guys out here just dictating player movement. And the and the uh, the owners are uh, what, what are they called now? Because you can't call them owners in the NBA. Yeah, uh, they're called governors. The governors, pardon me, governor. Yeah, ridiculous. Are saying that uh, you know they, they they basically have no power. And you know NFL players they see this and they get upset. 
you know, and the first thing that happens when Antonio Brown was traded from Pittsburgh to Oakland is he immediately got the most guaranteed money a wide receiver has ever received. Uh, 30 million guaranteed over a span of three years, which is incredible. On a $50 million contract. Incredible. Yeah. You know, that's that kind of money guaranteed is something you don't see very often in football, especially at his position. Wide it's receiver. not. It is not. So, you know, just to him have this, this attitude and, you know, you can even look at his other injury right now. You know, injury, I say in quotations with the uh, frostbite. The you foot know, injury. Funny one, actually, right there. You see that whole thing about the Madden curse? You know, last year. Oh, yeah. And then the Frostbite the logo, Frostbite the logo. graphic studio. And that gave me a good chuckle right there. But um, even that, you know, John Gruden, which you got to respect the coach, John Gruden, the coach of the Oakland Raiders. You got to respect him for coming out and defending his team, you know, defending his players, saying, you know, this guy's important. I understand. You know, it was an accident. No matter what is reported, it was completely an accident. And you get it. You got to respect that. But the, the issue I have in that statement you can't tell me there isn't enough, you know, health officials in play. His agent should know this stuff. He should know this stuff. There's so, you know, it's not like it's, it's his first time in the league, nine seasons. Yeah. You know, it's not like he's never done this before. How have you, you enter something like that and you put yourself in this position where now your time frame to return is, is you know, it's unknown. It's, it's in flux. It is. Um, I think it was something as simple as wearing socks so while, wearing socks. You, while you're in the cryo tube. Yeah. You know, how, how do you allow that to happen as a seasoned veteran? Yeah, you know that—that's what boggles my mind. And and I get it. I think it's not even the fact that you know he has the foot injury because, let's be real, sometimes crappy stuff happens. Yeah, but it's just, you know, some people can be afforded a happy coincidence. Mm-hmm. He's just not one of those people. It's just—it just makes it feel like it's incident after incident after incident. It's like, why is AB not playing? Uh, his feet. He got frostbite because he went in the... Okay. Okay, fine. That, that's legitimate. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Then it's... I don't want to wear that helmet. You know what? I don't need football. I don't want to wear that helmet. It's not... It's just there's a level to this where it's just go out and play. If you want to be there, don't complain. Don't don't make up things to be, hey, you know what? I, I need to do that or else that. Just... You know, choose for yourself to say, I either want to play or I don't want to play. If you don't want to play, go do whatever you want. You're a celebrity now. You can live your life. You can be who you want to be. Mm-hmm. Right? But you don't have to sit there. You know, even... And it just it's just building into that character of he's difficult. Mm-hmm. And the NFL is just not that place. It's not the NBA. You know, I, I, I get seeing these NBA contracts, you'll be like, whew. That guy got uh, $10 million. And guaranteed. You, guaranteed guaranteed money, you know, and, you know, John Wall's getting $40 million. You know, you're talking all these numbers, and you're like, oh, my goodness. But it it you got to remember, you know, the NFL is about the shield, honestly. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's about next man up mentality. If you are not there, somebody will replace you. And, you know, even just to even build off of that as well. To be there, you need to be fully there. You know, you can't just be half there, only there a quarter of the time. Yeah. If you're going to be there, you're going to be in meetings, be in practice. You got to be invested. You got to be watching film. You got to be paying attention in film, not falling asleep. You know, and, and again, to follow up with Antonio Brown, you know, there's reports that he's in film, checking his bank account, kind of flexing a little bit, you know, on Instagram, liking other posts and stuff like that. And, you know, this just makes me think that Oakland is leaving Oakland after the season, or the Raiders, pardon me, is leaving Oakland after the season to go to Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Tell me that's not the city with the most distractions in all of America. <laughs> you know, if, if you can't stay distracted in a simple a film meeting, you think you can stay distracted in the city of Las Vegas 
where there's stuff to do literally 24 hours of the day, stuff to do that you probably shouldn't do, be doing as a professional athlete with a family. Uh, you know, it, it's just there's a lot that there's a lot of red flags that come up. And um, I wish I could properly quote this as I unfortunately don't, do not remember where I got this from, but I think it's a beautiful line that I always allude back to when it comes to situations. And it's all about like a seesaw in that there's always a tipping balance in that if, if you produce and you're, you're talented, you can outweigh all the shenanigans, all the divas, you know, all this other extracurricular activities that happens off the field, even sometimes with Antonio Brown's case on the field. But the minute that seesaw tips over the balance where your, your production immediately, you know, it declines to a point and your talent declines to a point where people no longer want to put up with your business, your, your, your diva, your, your extracurriculars, as, as aforementioned, you'll get cut, not traded, not, you know, given the, the practice squad treatment, you're cut, you're gone. That's how it works in the NFL. It's ruthless. And it sometimes it needs to be that way to send a message to guys like this. And again, so you hate to see it. Overall, I mean, I love to see it. I'm not going to lie to you. I love to see it. I'm a Bengals fan. I'm not going to not going to hear and lie to the folks. I love in every second of this. But for the Raiders organization, you know, to to allude again, uh, we wanted to talk about hard knocks a little bit. It's 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 fascinating to watch for hard knocks, as you know, this whole saga is playing out. You know, he's out there doing uh, coming to practice in a hot air balloon, and he's he's like one of the most vocal points. There's like a, there's a clip in hard knocks where it's like his kids were like, "Where's Ben Roethlisberger?" and he's like, "He doesn't play here anymore" and stuff like that. And just, just to see all these different actions come out and play out on screen, it's, it's fascinating to watch. Is that I just get the reports and read about it. But again, it just to see it live really paints just such a you know tough picture to watch. And again, a player of his talent, you want to see him succeed. You want to see him ball out. You want to see him break records. But if it's at the expense of his own teammates, the expense of just everyone around him, just for him to you know fulfill his own selfish goals, then I can't stand behind that for any second. And I get sick of it. You know, you and you, you, you honestly spoke about it. You know, you, you, you said it very articulately. Um, it gets to a tipping point. Mm-hmm. Now, he has a lot of leeway because his production is that high. But there will be a point where he goes, you know, he's on the wrong side of the seesaw. And it's a cutthroat league. And eventually it'll just be, you know what, we're done with you. Um, you talked about hard knocks. Yep. Honestly, really awesome show. Great show. And it's been about the Oakland Raiders, so you're seeing a little bit more of this Antonio Brown saga and all of that. Now, only one episode has dropped as of recording right now. Mm-hmm. The, the second episode is set to come out tonight. Um, so tomorrow, when the podcast is live, we'll have more to talk about. But, you know, what have you seen so far? So interesting thing that I've seen so far is that uh, – there's always this big narrative created around John Gruden. He had the uh, the nickname called Chucky, you know, and the narrative was that he was just, he was cutthroat, he was ruthless, you know, you don't mess around with John Gruden, you know, he'll be swearing at you 24-7. And it's interesting because the first clip they start with in Hard Knocks is them at OTAs, and John Gruden comes out and says, uh, you know, we're not about dreams anymore. You know, everyone in the NFL has dreams. Everyone has dreams with the Super Bowl. You know, we're not going to the, the Sugar Bowl or Gator Bowl or whatever. He says that we're about nightmares here. We're all about creating nightmares. You have to go out there, take someone's job, you know, become their nightmare, crush their dreams. It, You know what? The Blue Bonnet Bowl was the, the, the one bo- he came up with. Yeah, ridiculous stuff. Um, and I like that. I really like that mentality he maintains, you know. And, and even uh, it, for those of you who may be familiar with the show Last Chance You, it's a Netflix special. I think it's in his third season now. It's a really interesting yeah, yeah. show. 
Um, there was a, a player who was on Last Chance U who was picked up by the Raiders in free agency. His name was Ronald Ollie. He was a defensive tackle. And it's interesting to see, you know, his work ethic was just so awful that he didn't last past, I think it was realistically two days. He was there for one day. He had like one padded practice and then he hurt himself and then he was supposed to go in for some therapy, some meetings. He was late for both instances. Defensive line coach had a conversation with him and said, you can't be doing this. You know, you got to be professional. You got to understand, you know, where you are, what you want out of this. And John Gruden came out and said, you know, either you want to be here or you don't. And we got to get rid of those guys who don't want to be here. We can't have this negative energy around here. You know, we're trying to, you know, create a culture. And it's just, it's, it's ironic he says that. And then all this Antonio Brown stuff goes on, right? But <laughs> it's just, just to see those two events play out was is fascinating to watch. And I love that Hard Knocks gives you that behind the scenes look at things. It's such a unique perspective. You know, we kind of talked about this in the opener, but mm-hmm. it's such a unique perspective being able to see what goes kind of on behind the curtain. You know, everybody's mic'd up. There's cameras inside the the meeting rooms, the coaches' rooms, all those places. And, you know, you get to – obviously, you hear about the camaraderie and kind of how, how guys are really having fun. And although it's a professional job where, you know, some of these guys are making a lot of bucks, mm-hmm. they're having fun. They can have fun. But I think you touched on the, the Ronald Ollie thing. And I think – it's a great example of, you know, how cutthroat the league is. You oh, yeah. know, it doesn't matter if you have like a little bit of celebrity, people know your name, you know. They talked on the show, all the guys knew who he was. Mm-hmm. But if you don't handle it like a man, handle your stuff, you know, if you have an appointment you have to be at, you handle it. If you have an injury, you handle it so you can be back on that field. Um, life's not equal. It's it it's not equal Mm -hmm. you know antonio brown's getting a lot more rope than you are but it's just life so i think those kind of things are cool i think one of the other things that was interesting is you know john gruden always had that kind of hard nose kind of mentality and i think where hard knocks is kind of showing a little different side i think he's gotten a lot more he knows how to play the game Mm -hmm. you know play i know he's playing up to the cameras a little bit Mm -hmm. you know but I think he's come a lot more since doing the ESPN thing, you know, being in TV, like being able to be liked a little bit. Um, I think it's very going to be it's very similar to what Tom Coughlin was like. But prior to the Super Bowl winning season, you know, he was a real hard nosed guy, lightened up, you know, kind of made players want to play for him, you know, brought a culture, brought a very strong culture, but lightened it up and said, you know, have fun. Let's make an environment where competing is fun, not just straight blue collar work, but it's fun. It's fun to work. And I think the show is kind of demonstrating, you know, there is this blue collar fun that you can have where you can go to work, you can grind it out, but it can be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that's something cool to see from the Oakland Raiders. I, you know, I think they could be more successful than people initially thought and, and that I initially thought. You know, John Gruden, how long was he in doing broadcasting for? Oh, I think the last time he was in the league was, what, 2004? Yeah, so he had the good... Super Bowl in 2003, I believe it was. And it's 2000... a long time. Yeah, a long, long time. So he gets to build it up, you know, start a new culture, $100 million, so not cheap. For 10 years. 10 years. He's locked in. It's, it's looking like a baseball contract. Oh, my God. Eight years about left now, but still, yeah. But it, it, you know, he really has the chance to take hold and set a culture, mm-hmm. set his culture. And 
I think you're starting to see it kind of being established. And Hard Knocks is a great way to kind of start to see that. So it almost, there's always been a lot of doubts about John Gruden and what he would be like. So I think this is kind of a cool experience to be able to see it. You know, and, and going off that too, I, I think what Hard Knocks has really given a chance to see is, you know, they drafted three first rounders, you know, because the Oakland was under so much scrutiny. The Mari Cooper trade, how that turned out for Dallas. Uh, the Khalil Mack trade, obviously, how that turned out for Chicago. Stupendous at that. And then their own first rounder at that. And kind of get an inside look at, like, you know, Oakland as an organization, you know, sure, they have a coach who came from the broadcast booth, but you can't forget that their general manager was an NFL analyst for the past, what, like 10 years or something? Mike like Mayock? That? Mike Mayock, yeah. yeah. And he was one of the most widely renowned, widely respected analysts at College, that. like, he was uh, did a lot of the draft stuff. A so lot he of spent a lot of time researching college players, mm-hmm. watching the games, making sure he knew of guys on the come up. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting to see them now, like, okay, this is the best analyst that the NFL Network had to offer. Now he's a general manager. So how are these guys, you know, uh, transitioning from college to the pros? And I think of those three first-rounders, the one that's really stood out for me so far has been that safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's Jonathan Abram from Alabama. He's, he's been looking real good, mind you, from the first episode. All you see is practice. Uh, what you did see, though, in the first game, um, who they, they played um, uh, the Rams, pardon me, because they had a joint practice with the Rams. Uh, he flew around the ball. He was phenomenal. You know, he was vocal. He was real showed a lot of leadership qualities, which Oakland really lacked last year. And, you know, with him, they got Cleveland Farrell, who was, I believe, was at the fourth overall pick from last year. Uh, he defensive end. And they got that running back, uh, Josh Jacobs, who's also from Alabama. He was about, what, the 21st or 22nd pick overall. You know, a lot of potential, a lot of high first-round draft picks. So you, a lot of expectations come along with that. And you just love how, you know, hard knocks, it showcases them as more than just football players. It showcases them as human, you know. And Jonathan Abram, he's out there joking around with Derek Carr, saying, oh, you're going to buy our, our, our first meal yeah. for us. And it's like over $1,000. He's like, yo, we missed the money, man, stuff like that. And just how his, his personality, it, it, it's so uh, emulating to all the care, you know, all the players on the, on the team, stuff like that. And it's, it's fun. It's really fun to watch. And it just really gives you a, a different perspective of things, different, different thing to look for for fantasy football by the way. It really does give you something different to look for fantasy football. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, piggybacking off that into the first week of NFL preseason. So, you know, it did just finish a couple days ago. Saturday was the uh, finale for uh, week one preseason. Um, thing about week one is it's, it's very early to make uh, proper assessments, you could say, as all the, the real big name watches, if you will, i.e. the rookie QBs, you know, the big first-round draft They'll get picks. their chance later. Exactly. They've only had about one drive per se each. It was more about the backups kind of getting their chance to kind of prove it to the coaches. Um, Joe, then, any, anything big that stood out for you in week season, uh, pre week one of the preseason? I think Daniel Jones stood out to me. Okay. You're going to be like, of course, you're going to say I Daniel was in Jones. my head, of course, but... Come on. Didn't want to be rude. Come on. You knew I was going to say it. Trying to be nice this episode. Was... Not because I think he should take over week one. Because I don't. I am a firm believer in let him sit. Eli Manning has a lot of juice in that tank. Don't don't nobody hit me hit me up and be Eli Manning needs to retire. None of that. None of that. Watch the games. Look at his season stats from last year. Oh my god. you want to tell him what his season no, stats I'm not were? About the stats again. I, Why, wh- I looked it up last time. I was gonna bring some giant slander on you, then I was Embarrassed in my own face with the numbers that I had seen. It was it was quite difficult to look at. Because you didn't realize at 37 years old, <clears throat> oh. 
66 com- 66 completion percentage. Okay. That's pretty good. It's good. It's tough. 4,200 yards. Tough. Okay. Saquon. What? Saquon gave him all of his yards? Saquon dump-offs. So Saquon went for 4,000 yards, did he? Saquon is very difficult to tackle. Did Saquon go for 4,000 yards? Have you seen the man squat, Jothan? Have you seen the man in the gym squat the weight? Impeccable strength. What does that have to do with? It's He's tough to take down. You can throw him a dump off, and he can, he can make four guys miss, and two of the guys just you know fall off tackling him, and he can go get a ridiculous amount of yards. Did Saquon get him 4,000 yards? I'm saying he was a significant portion of it. Okay. And you can't, okay. can't forget that. Anyways, that's out of your slander. 21 um, touchdowns to 11 interceptions. Where, why do you have an issue with that? Because he's not the same QB who won the two Super Bowls. He's not. Okay, he yeah, but he didn't have, have the, the same, same running game. He doesn't have the same moxie that, 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 that he had back then where he's throwing these ridiculous throws to Mario Manningham on the oh, sideline. And the David Tyree uh, prayer uh, catch uh, with uh, the gum uh, on the foot uh, and the helmet. He's not that guy anymore. Also, Saquon had 700 receiving yards. That's a lot. That's it's a lot. It's not 4,000. For a running back, that's a lot of receiving yards. Yeah, he's a really it. good running back. Yeah, I know. I, I, some would say one of the best. Sue me. Sue me. But he didn't get all of Eli Manning's passing yards. Yeah, well, I'm just saying he was a significant portion of it, and you can't ignore that fact. And Odell also threw, what, two touchdowns? I mean, why is the receiver throwing two touchdowns? He's that good. Anyways, Anyways, the point is is that I think Daniel Jones, he showed a lot. You know, there was a lot. Well, he was the number six pick. Mm-hmm. You know, people were really low on it, saying, you know, you can't pick this guy. There's better quarterbacks. Maybe you should have taken Dwayne Haskins, all this other stuff. But what I think we saw was a guy who is not going to look back and just lean on his athleticism and say, I'm going to, if it's not there, I'm going to run. It's a guy who said, I'm going to make a clear, decisive read and throw the ball. And you know what? He had one drive. I, I can't crown him, you know, the next Hall of Famer off one drive. You can't do that. But I can say, you know, he showed some poise and the ability to get the job done. And I think that's just some hope. You can sell me on some hope. I think uh, so. Obviously, no matter what happens this season, there's going to be a comp between Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins. They're, they're tied to the hip for life now at this point. So to draw some, to pull up the Dwayne Haskins film from the uh, their preseason week one game against the Cleveland Browns, which you know significantly better opponent than the New York Jets at this point in time. Uh, Haskins had a couple more drives. I think he had about three drives in total. He completed eight of 14 passes for 117 yards, but two interceptions, which one of them, in fact, was a ghastly overthrow, just ghastly overthrow too. And I believe they were actually making a pretty decent drive in the Cleveland Territory before that thing just went astray on him. So it wasn't a great debut for Dwayne Haskins. But the thing about that is Dwayne Haskins is in a much different situation where do people really expect Case Keenum, who was the other quarterback in Washington, to really kind of make a push for the job? You know, he had that one crazier Minnesota. Then after that kind of flamed out in, uh, in Denver. And then we're in the Giants. It's like we know Eli's on his back half. You know, you know it's coming. Yep. You know, so you, you can kind of give a bit more leeway to Daniel Jones. If you want to listen to me or not about Eli Manning, it's regardless of the fact that they're not going to start Daniel Jones week one. That much, I'm, I'm 100% confident in saying that. Where Dwayne Haskins is a very good chance he gets started week one. Yeah. It's a lot more pressure. 
a lot more preparation. You know, it's a lot more of different aspects that are going into that. And, you know, obviously with that in mind, he's going to get a lot more performance time in simple preseason games like even week one. So, again, I'm not going to take a single week and use it to illustrate an entire player's career as of just yet. There's still three more games to go. Obviously, he's not going to play in week four and never play the starters there anyways. But it's just from that small sample size as is, there wasn't a lot to like. Honestly, there wasn't a lot to like. He just looked too timid in that pocket. And and I think you always want to be wowed. You know, when you're talking about preseason football, mm-hmm. you want to be wowed. He didn't wow me. No. I felt, you know, he could easily, if you were watching, you know, a, mon- a Sunday at one, you could easily see that guy throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. But is he the type of guy that you say, you know, NFC championship, it's down to this, that's the guy I have. I don't know if I feel that yet. And I get it. It's a super small sample size. You can't take too much stock in preseason. But I need to see more from him. I really need to see more. And I'm not saying all of these guys, you know, you're going to need to see more. Mm-hmm. But for him, I think there's a lot of growth still there that needs to happen. You know, and some of those throws, they, they just weren't great. Now, Washington does run a very different offense. They had him out of the pocket a lot. They had him kind of thrown on the run, kind of keeping him out of harm's way so he can see down the field and all of that. But, you know, I wasn't wowed. And I think that's the biggest thing. Now, you know, Washington didn't do really do anything in that game. No. You know, Cleveland was kind of all over him. And Cleveland is a good team. So you want to kind of put it in perspective, see another team, see how he reacts to other athletes and things like that. I tell you what really helped for Dwayne Haskins. They had Trent Williams. They're uh, yeah. widely renowned as one of the best left tackles in the, in the game. And, you know, Jolton and I were discussing this too, but pre-show in that the four most important positions on a football team is your quarterback, your blindside tackle, your your best pass rusher and your best linebacker. You know, those are the four guys you need to have. They're instrumental. And as a rookie QB, it could not be that much more fundamental to your success if you can have a guy like Trent Williams out there blocking for you. I'm not going to get into stats about Trent Williams because, you know, some of you might not even know who that is, and that's, that's totally cool. But he is one of the more, you know, well-renowned players in the league. Uh, currently, he's in a contract dispute with the Redskins and holding out and currently demanding to be traded from the team as he has not had very good agreement with the team's handling of his medical situation and his contract situation as a whole, too. So unless they give him some godly number in his contract, I don't uh, foresee him coming back. But that is something that you can't overlook in a rookie QB's um, development. And having a player of his caliber there to defend him and protect him is something that's going to be you know, really missed and unfortunate for a player of Dwayne Haskins' caliber. It's always important to remember, you know, football is not basketball. No. If you go out there and you're not well protected as a young guy, you know, you will get pummeled. Oh, yes. And it is. It comes at you fast. You know, these these defensive linemen, you might face one or two elite defensive linemen a year mm-hmm. in college. You're facing them week in and week out. You know, one of the biggest positions you got to pay is a defensive lineman. You want to pay a guy that can get to the quarterback. And a blindside tackle. Exactly. So if you're not going to have that blindside tackle, the other team has that guy who is trying to get to the quarterback and who is very skilled at it as a top echelon player. So you're running for your life if you don't have that protection. Just in that division alone, I mean, no offense to your Giants, but the Eagles and Cowboys have two of the most premier pass rushers in the league. I mean, you're talking about... What do you mean, no offense to my Giants? Who's their best pass rusher? You know, okay, that's not the point. That is the point. The that's point what I'm saying. is, I'm not 
I don't like the slander that just came. I'm just there's no there's no premier player. There's nobody that jumped. They used to have Olivia Vernon. But he's gone. He going to Cleveland. I get it. I get it. I can't think of anybody else. If you haven't let, if you want right. to enlighten me, okay, I get it. Thank you. I'm just point. In I just case. didn't like the way you worded it. I'm. I, you know what? I wanted to think. That'd of be like me saying. It. That'd be like me saying. Oh well, you know, you know, the playoffs are going to be coming around. No offense to your Bengals, but they suck. They're not making the play. Like, I come know, on, it's you, just rude. You, you see how I own it, though. You see, that's the difference. I own it. I know my team sucks. I know they do. But when their time comes, to get a QB. Hey, we don't know what could happen then. That'd be a different story. You might lose in the wild card. Maybe not. It's a new coach. You might not win. It's a new coach. You got to recognize that it's a new coach. It could be something different entirely with a or new coach. Or it could be more of the same. Potentially, but I hope not. Sorry, I cut you off because you were so rude. I'm sorry. I there is no other way to. You want me to say there's three teams in the division? No. Let me just forget that they're there. No. no you have to recognize four teams. A, exactly. There are four teams. Exactly. And we're good. We're talking about Fletcher Cox and Demarcus Lawrence. If you can think of some guy in the Giants who can, you know, come even hold a cup of tea to what those two guys can do, then I'd love to hear it. Love to hear it. Okay, there isn't. Fine. Thank you. You know what? I even lost my point on it. Those two guys are dangerous, and Dwayne Haskins is going to be, you know, just just having a brown spot in his pants when he sees those two guys. And he has to them. play them four times. Exactly. Exactly. It's not guys I want to play four times, to say the least. But um, another big name that stood out for me. Um, now this, this is this is tough. This is really tough to get on my tongue here because he stood out for me for one of two reasons. For one reason, my God, I wish the Bengals had him. They were supposed to take him, but they got spurned so freaking hard by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, knife to my heart. But um, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers' first round draft pick, Devin Bush. He uh, finished the game with twelve total tackles. Twelve total tackles for a rookie. It's incredible. It's incredible. Reminds me of some Luke Keekley type stuff. You know what I mean? Ryan Shazier. Ryan Shazier. I no, no, don't give me that look. I wasn't being mean. I'm not, I wasn't being mean. I don't want to I you know, God God bless that man. He he's dealt with stuff I would never want to deal with. Okay. You give me a look like I'm being mean to him. I'm not being mean to no, him. No, because who were they playing when he got in? Okay. That was a freak no, accident. No, 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 but no. That was a freak if accident. If you thought the reaction from Toronto with KD getting injured was bad, I did not. Keeper's Don't reaction you dare. was Don't awful. You dare. I'm appalled you'd say that. Keeper's reaction was I'm appalled. Awful. Because, okay, rewind several years, and the Bengals are playing the Steelers in the playoffs. Now, the Bengals are running down the clock. All they have to do is oh. run down the clock and they win. Ryan Chazier strips. Who was it he stripped? Jeremy Hill. Jeremy Hill. Steelers get the ball back. Then Steelers are driving. The drive looks like it's about to fizzle out. Antonio Brown up the middle. Egregious overthrow. But what happened next? Was it Pac-Man Jones? It's a guy who's not on the team anymore. Pac-Man Jones. No, it was Vontez. Oh, Vontez Burfecht. You're right. It was Vontez Burfecht, and he absolutely... Just nails Antonio Brown in the head for no reason. No reason. New set of downs. Steelers go win the game. Bengals are out of the playoffs. Anyways, fast forward. Kiefer doesn't like Ryan Shazier. So Kiefer, upon seeing Ryan Shazier get hit, cheered. Oh, no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That is completely false. Completely, I I cannot stand here and and just this blasphemy I'm hearing across from me right now is is I can't believe it, I can't believe this. Do you did you like Ryan Chase here? No, but I wouldn't wish the man to get paralyzed. Okay, but you didn't know he was he 
he was temporarily paralyzed oh, at the time. I, I you cheered knuckles. initially. I bit my knuckles. You cheered sir. initially. No, absolutely not. You cheered not. initially. You said, "Ah, uh, screw that guy." No. Oh my. And then gosh. you found out, and then you felt terrible. The same way Raptors fans saw Kevin Durant get injured, and they said, "Yeah, we're gonna win the game." And then they found out, "Oh, it's Is an Achilles." Kevin Durant paralyzed. Can Kevin Durant walk? He can walk now. Not the same way Shazier was in a freaking wheelchair. Shazier can walk now. Yeah, it took him a while. It yeah, took him over a year. It's okay. He's fine. It's, it's not okay. But you cheered. You cheered. Not. And this you know you feel terrible. Unbelievable that this is the narrative that is being created. I did not cheer. I'm sorry. I, I saw that and I cringed. I, my after cheering. After realizing that the guy can't move his legs, you, you then realized, you know what? I shouldn't be cheering about this. This is bad. No. First of all, first of all, the play in question was a simple. It was a third down play. It was to Tyler Boyd over the middle. You cheered. That's all I'm it saying. It was. It was. It was unfortunate tackling. By this is why you keep your head up when you tackle, oh, or else you don't have this happen. Uh, keep your head up. NFL player safety. Exactly. We're full circle. Full circle. There and we the are. Podcast. Can't We're believe done. it. That's it. Good night. <laughs> Roll the credits. No, and it was an unfortunate series of events. He just he hit his head the wrong way on Tyler Boyd and. Uh, just got paralyzed, and that's that's tough. All I'm saying is you cheered initially, and I'm not I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not judging you as a person. I'm just saying initially you cheered because you hate Ryan Shazier. I, you feel I, sympathy for him now. No, I felt sympathy in that moment. I, well, after you realized he couldn't move his legs. Listen, listen. If ever there's a guy who gets taken off in a cart and like he's he's, he's lying on his back, his whole body's put in an air cast. And like he, he's barely mobile. I'm not I, I get for by that. that point you weren't cheering, but you initially cheered no, when you saw him there. You're no, like, that's 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 terrible. Uh, okay, this okay. assassination of my okay. character has been okay. unbelievable. I can't believe this. All right, all right, whatever. It's this, also let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, this was about Devin Bush. Okay. Who, Kind of remind me of Brian Urlacher, or the way he kind of was just everywhere. He was. You could talk about Devin Bush. Now, clearly, if I talk about Devin Bush, I'm going to get assassinated about how I talk about Ryan Shazier, and there goes my... You can have Devin Bush. Now, I lost him. You know, I don't I even want to talk about it. I, don't I, don't, talk about I didn't want to talk about it. You no. wanted to... This no. was your point you were bringing it was. up. It was. Now it's, now it's moot. Now it's clearly just... Who else had a good game? Let's... Let me see here. I, I clearly got to find somebody else now because I, I, my Devin Bush point is gone. Brent Hundley had a good game. Brent Hundley. Who's, who's Brent Hundley? Tell you don't me. remember the UCLA quarterback? What team's he on? Uh, he got drafted to. He's on. He's on um, Arizona right now. But he got drafted to. Oh, uh, I, I unfortunately, not get to watch that game. He was in Green Bay behind Aaron Rodgers. Oh, kind of stuck up the joint. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. That's a few years. That, yeah, he's not now, new though. No, it's like he had a good. If game. you want to talk about a good QB, then talk about Nathan Peterman. He had an unreal game against the the Rams. He had like a what a sixty yard run or something like that. He did. He did. He yeah. had the longest run by quarterback um, so far. And then I think he had the third longest run in just the in, week, in yeah. the first week. Yeah. So, are we still? Can we make fun of him anymore? It's preseason. Like he's playing against the backups. Like I mean, let me see him do something against the starters, and then we'll give him a break. Well, what was his uh, his opening game against the Bills? Uh, five picks in the first half. You're being too hard on the man. I'm being honest. We're spitting the facts. I couldn't believe that game when I watched it, and you're damn right. I picked the Chargers in that game. You're dang right. And my man Derwin James, he got a pick and one. He got one of those five picks. My gosh, was I genius that day? Uh, okay, so, you know, I guess my Devin Bush point is out the window. Uh, killed my vibe there, but that's okay. What? Because no, you're a terrible person? No, I'm not a terrible person. I would never wish these horrible things on people to get paralyzed like that. That's awful. Man, I never said you wished it. You 
made it seem as if I was no. I laid out the facts. I, I stood up with glee in my face and I jumped initially. For initially, joy. you were like, "Take that," and then you were like, oh, "Ooh, this is way too serious." Not, and then you were like, "You know what? I got to tone that down." Not a single pumping of the fist was occurring that that in that moment. Not a. Well, you single don't need to one. pump your fist if you're jumping in jubilation. You don't. You don't pump your fist <laughs> when you jump in the air. Not if the whole body is pumping. I think like if you're my just fist oh when I jump in the air, yeah, it's kind of like like you're raising the roof. You ever seen um, Jersey Shore? Do you know? Uh, uh, you, no, no. When you're when you're beating that beat up, it's like you're, you're knocking on the door. You're knocking on the door, and then you kind of get you finally get through and you break through the door. Great. Oh, I love that. You know, I actually I don't like that show. You don't like that show. It's I tried like, watching it, but it, I lost it so yeah, quick. It's not. Good. We have gotten so far <laughs> off topic now. Unbelievable. Let's just shift gears here. Let's, the NFL preseason week two is coming up this Thursday. Bengals play the Redskins. All that matters. Why? Because why? It's all that matters. Why would that matter? All you need to watch. In what world would that be the game that's like that matters? If anything, I'd say Giants Bears matters more. Nah, but you want to see the Bengals play because they're fun. Are they? Yeah. Where are their rings? Those okay, uh, so the NBA season's coming up soon. <laughs> That's exciting. I can't wait to talk about that. Because you can't talk about Super Bowl. Uh, oh my gosh, did you notice who the first game is for the Raptors this season? It's Dion Williamson. And you know what? Interesting. Another another debate we had pre-show here. Um, Zion Williamson, huge, huge. Talk about. Tell me the last time a player impacted the stock market. Oh my goodness. Tell the me Rod the last James. time that happened. I don't know anybody. No, it didn't happen. Not to this degree. <sighs> okay. Next time somebody else blows out their shoe, they'll affect the stock market. Okay? Nope. Next time it affects the stock market specifically and they lose 1% of their value, I'd love to know. Oh, my goodness. You can write it down, put it in the mail, and open it in my mailbox two weeks later when it comes in by snail mail. That's how I want to find what out. What the heck was that? That's how I want to find out. So that's a huge game. Can't wait for that. The Raptors, the boys, the lads are getting their rings that night. Uh, I'm t- and they get to see that new look Pelicans team is going to look phenomenal. Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, obviously Zion. It's, it's going to be a pretty exciting okay, team. Okay, so you're not at all framing the NBA season the way we need to be framing this, okay? We, 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 <clears throat> Let me, allow me. Allow me. Okay. This year, for the first time, the Toronto Raptors will have a Christmas Day game. Okay, very well done. That is the only thing we need to worry about. We don't care about Zion. Zion's going to play for the next, I don't know, however many years. Who cares if we play Zion? I can't. He's going to be average. All right? He's Julius Randles with hops. Anyways, the Raptors have a Christmas Day game. The Raptors are the defending champs. They don't have a single ABC game on Sunday. Mm. They have, what was it, 14th with national games in the U.S.? Yep. As the defending champs, I think the Raptors are going to have an amazing season, not just because they don't have certain games on TV. I think because, they're again, they're viewed as an underdog. Apparently, the whole league's turned around and said, the Raptors don't matter. I know this is a, we're talking about the NBA schedule, but now I'm just talking about the Raptors. Because I really do think this is a team that can still go deep in the playoffs. And... What the schedule is showing you is that they don't care about the Raptors. Nobody cares about them. And that's, I think, where the Raptors are best. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have that superstar. But we're going to make a superstar in Pascal. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. You know, they don't have to believe in us. Give us the Christmas Day game. I don't care. 
I want that. I really do want that. So I've great. been I've been campaigning for this. Oh, open the have the nice Yule flyer, Yule tide fire. Looking at that. Oh, oh it'd be so nice. We also got a uh, the um, Martin Luther King Day game. We did. I think that's about it. <laughs> we got uh, New Year's New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve against Cleveland, mind you. But mm. still, you saw you know Cleveland. while you're getting Liddy McGuire getting ready to go out for the evening, you can enjoy the Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> game. Liddy McGuire. Oh, what's everyone doing on New Year's Eve? Come on, let's be honest here with each other. I think I went to bed. You're an anomaly, sir. One of the few. You know, you know, you, you know, you kind of wake up and your back starts hurting. You're like, ah. I wish I knew that, but I was working New Year's Eve, so I don't get to know that fun. I don't get to ingest alcohol. I get to deliver it. I was in bed. I don't know. I didn't I didn't stay up. No, that's great. That's great. You just I woke did. up in a new world, new year. Honestly, it was the best sleep I had. Slept for a whole year. Wow. Well, you yeah, like that? Yeah, no, that's a, that. I'm a funny guy. Now you're doing that. I can't okay. believe it. Um, so, talk about some like, clean year games. <laughs> woke up in the morning. You need to go back. <laughs> Mar- <laughs> Morty, get to the time machine. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk about some premier games that we have coming up this year. Of course, the one that everyone's talking about the most. November 11th is the first time the Raptors see the Clippers, but December 11th is the first time the Clippers see the Raptors in Toronto. And, you know, everyone's curious, how will the reception be for Kawhi? You know, he left us like that. He went to the Clippers. He did deliver the championship trophy. It was only one season. Uh, the perspe- The reception that I predict... Kawhi Leonard will receive will be a standing ovation, as it should be. As again, you have to recognize the man never wanted to be there in the first place, but he understood his situation where he's, he can either make it work or pull Antonio Brown and just fuss about it. And he decided to bat down the hatches, saying, "You know what? Let's make the most of this opportunity, and you know, see what we can make happen here." And he delivered. He delivered the greatest moment in Game Seven history. He delivered the first ever championship to Toronto. And he had one of the most memorable lines in all of uh, parade history, you know, where he mocked his own laugh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Did I do it? Ha, uh, you forgot the last one. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, how insane is that? You know, and, and personally, I believe he owes us nothing. He owes the league nothing. He owes Toronto, He paid Canada. his due. He did. He didn't fuss. He didn't whine. You're so right. He didn't do anything, but he did it. He did. Exactly, you know, and, and and the biggest thing for me especially is the fact he went to the Clippers, not the Lakers, which many reported oh, was going to happen. Goodness. And, you know, I know everyone, some people like that idea of Kawhi, LeBron, Anthony Davis, you know, LeBron going to have his, get another ring. Da, da, da. I just think it looks so much better when it's earned. You have, a you know, an even matchup against the West is going to be just disgusting to watch this year, too. The mm-hmm. amount of the plethora of talent is just Im- impeccable impeccable but for him to go that route go to the clippers he's home with la i think you can't even you know doubt the man you can't be upset him for that and just have to give him nothing but love and respect for what he's done for honestly i think that is what you're talking about there the Kawhi thing i think that's going to be for me the biggest game to watch on opening night Mm -hmm. you know i of course i'm going to watch the raptors on their opening night zion no the banner yes putting up a new banner man it's not about Zion. He's just important. You sound like ESPN. I'm not ESPN. I like Zion. Oh, you're 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 Skip Bayless Don't, and no, ESPN no. just wrapped together. No, you know what? You got upset about that one Giants line tonight, didn't you? I made the one Giants line to you, and you just you just been upset with me the rest. I'm of the Not game. rehashing this. Anyways, the point is is okay. that that opening game is going to be the Clippers versus the Lakers, and that to me, 
Why do you gotta drink your water like I'm that? <laughs> Keepers over there, just look at ah. Oh, you just you just I'm have to antagonize thirsty. me. This is a very draining conversation. Sorry, uh, continue. Stop pissing me off. I was parched. <laughs> I just dislike looking at your face. Sometimes. I'm sorry. Um, that opening game between the Clippers and the Lakers is going to be an exciting game. It's going to be, of course, we knew Kawhi wanted to go to L.A. If he stayed in Toronto, it was going to be, you know, he was going above and beyond what he ever had to do. And I think you're right. Going to the Lakers would have been that cheap way out, and we would have hated him for it. And now we get to watch him go up and battle against A.D. and LeBron with Paul George and obviously him. And, you know... Whoever you want to. Lou Will. Sure. Pat Bev. Sure. Harold. Okay. That's all I got. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I think that's going to be the biggest game for me to watch. I think every time these two teams, you know, get to go at it, it's going to be interesting. Side note, it is a home game for the Clippers. It is not a road game. Yeah, I got nothing for that. I mean, it is what it is. There's... The techni- fans are still going to be the fans. You it's technically know. a home game. Sure, but I mean, it's not like the fans are coming from a different country. So, But but you know what's going to happen? It's like they're going to be like introducing, you know, your starting lineup, number two. And then they're going to be like, Kawhi Leonard. And this guy, but then they're going to be like, LeBron James. Yeah, and people go bananas. No, but no, they're not going to do the whole big spiel, right? They're but just going to be like, a way to get it in. No, they're not. That's the, the whole thing. Because the No, no, nah, they won't. It'll just be like, the starting lineup for the Los Angeles Lakers is yeah. Know, who's their point guard? Very monotone. Who's their point guard? Uh, it's gonna not Caruso. Why did I think <laughs> Caruso for a second there? Talk of the Oscar. It might be LeBron. Might be Rondo. Oh yeah, he's well. He's not gonna be listed as the point guard. No, but that's what they're thinking about doing this season. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Could be Rondo. Could be Kuzma playing the point. No, like Kuzma like in like well, he. I know he's not gonna actually play the point. Mm-hmm. But just because you're going to put the five guys. Didn't they sign a point guard that's like, oh, Josh, uh, no, no, uh, the guy from the, the Warriors, Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook. Could be Quinn Cook. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he's going to start. He's not really a starting kind of caliber player. Anyways, I know what you're getting at about like the, the monotone and stuff like that, but I'm just saying you can't change the demographic of the audience from where they're from. Yeah. They're from L.A. They're going to cheer who they want But to that's going to be a big, big time game. You know, that is going to be on TNT. We're not going to be on very many primetime games. It's okay. You know what? We watch the sports enough feed anyways. Or the you know what? TSM yeah. Feed. What, what do I have to complain? I yeah. get to see the games. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to see them all the time. TSN, Sportsnet, got my back. Leo, Jack, Matt. Pat Devlin. Isn't there Pat Matt. Devlin? Matt. Matt. Isn't there a Pat? Matt. It's Matt Devlin. I, there's no Pat somewhere? No, there's no Pat. Somebody's got to be named Pat in that situation. <laughs> Does someone have a son named Pat? Do you or watch the games? Yes, I watch. If you the don't games. know Matt, Leo, I and know Jack. Matt, I thought there was a Pat somewhere. Matt, Leo, and Jack. Come on. No one has a Pat. No. Unbelievable. This is I'm, breaking news to me. Uh, I knew Matt Devlin. It's getting to that point where we need to end this. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> that was exciting. And you know what? I see a lot of potential in this schedule. The big thing I see as well is the you know the bottom half of the season. The Raptors could go on a real run. I just want to throw that out there as well. They have the Thunder twice in the last seven games. They have Cleveland. They got the Hornets, which are going to be just a real up-in-the-air team. Uh, They got Celtics twice. And then they got the Pacers, which again, Washington, Detroit. You know, their second half of the season, specifically the bottom third, could be really fundamental in giving them a huge playoff push and giving them a fantastic positioning down the line. I just want to say this. Last year, 
if you ended the season as a Thunder fan, you were like, next season's going to be crazy. Mm. You woke up just one morning and you said, we don't matter. Dame Dollar literally destroyed that team. Honestly. Literally destroyed that team with that shot. I I don't think we knew how impactful that shot was. I can't believe it still. It dismantled it. It was, we can't do this anymore. The deepest step back I've ever seen in my life. It's wild. It is wild. It's still wild to this day. But uh, that about wraps it up for this week's episode of The Lunch Table. Uh, thank you all for tuning in, and we will catch you guys next week.